The candidates, the campaigns, the elections, the stories. You're listening to the Utah Political Project, archiving Utahns who have made history. And today, a guest on our show is Joan Hellstrom, the first female elected county commissioner in Weber County. Welcome, Joan. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for joining us. It was a natural to invite Joan to be on the inaugural uh, Utah Political Project podcast because we worked together for a number of years in Weber County. And uh, so, Joan, let me ask you the first question. Give me just kind of your brief background and history about, you know, growing up, where you, where you were born, where you grew up, uh, where you lived. Oh, and it is great to be with Spencer. I'm really excited and pleased to do this on his behalf, too. Part of the mutual ad- admiration All society. Right, it is. But I was born and raised in Weber County, and uh, I was a twin, born to um, a mom and dad that weren't supposed to have any children. And so... Well, why don't you tell us their names? So, Fridana and Harold Dixon. My mother was a school teacher for Ogden City Schools. Uh, my father was a pilot when he was young. He... Uh, went into insurance sales, and he owned Dixon's Pies, and we loved growing, I loved growing up in Weber County, and going down on Saturday mornings to the Egyptian Theater for the early morning movies, and being on Princess Make Believe with a darling woman from, oh, I've got to remember her name, Spencer. Well, that's part of this whole this. Betty Baker. Betty Baker, okay. And she was Princess Make-Believe. And on we would get down in um, Channel 5 every week and get our costumes, and then we'd be on Princess Make-Believe, and we'd do all of the fairy tales. And then she would go around to the different uh, theaters, the Orpheum and the Egyptian, and we would be able to go on some of those early morning shows. So films. needless to say, a charmed childhood. I you had enjoyed your chi- your childhood. Yes, and being a twin, it was like sometimes we were Mr. and Mrs. Santa Claus, and we did all of these fun things. And so, where did you go to high school? I went to Ben Lomond High School and college. I went to Weber State University. Lucky me. What class at Ben Lomond High School? I was the class of '64, loyal Scots forevermore. Can it get better than that? that it cannot get better <laughs> than that. Very good. A plug a plug for Ben Lomond High School. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. F- so fast forward. Tell us. Give us a brief kind of thumbnail sketch. I know that you worked in the county attorney's office worked in the county just office. prior to um, running for county commission. Yes, and I'll go back just a little bit prior to the Weber County Attorney's Office because I worked at Weber State University, and I was assistant to the dean when Sherwin Howard was the dean of arts and humanities. And that was one of kind of a moment for me to remember what we needed in Weber County and what he was working for and wanting to bring to the county as far as more musicals, more um, recognition for what was happening at Weber State. And that was kind of what I was charged with. And so we did great things for Utah Musical Theater. And he was hoping that one day... Were you there when Utah Musical Theater began? Not quite. Right after. And so we did um, kind of introduce what I was doing is we did... 76 trombones on the steps of Arts and Humanities building. And I thought it would be really great to go to the schools and see if they would loan us their trombones. And then I went to get civic leaders and everybody to be part of playing a 76 trombone. And 
recognized what we were doing. And my uncle Herb, Herb Ma, at one point was the governor of Utah. And so I thought, and how, well, are, and how are you related to Governor Ma? So he is my second uncle. He was my grandma's, um, my grandma's sister's husband. Okay, all right. So but you, and you and you would come and visit the governor's mansion yes, and yes. those kinds of things. Matter of fact, one my mother, when she was at the San Francisco Conservatory in San Francisco, she graduated from BYU, but she had a beautiful, beautiful voice, and she went there and. While she was staying with a woman called Mrs. Dickens, a very prominent woman in the Hawaiian Islands, she had her hot chocolate. And my mother kept that recipe all of her life. And when Uncle Herb was in the governor's mansion, one day he said, I need something really good to serve. And my mother said, let's do the homemade hot chocolate. And so he did. Appropriate for Utah, by the way. That's still legal, hot chocolate. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and so... He did. We did the homemade hot chocolate, and it became a big thing. And so then when I was in the junior league, and my friend Susan Finley, who worked with us as well, we did the junior league cookbook. And we had to do all these taste testing and everything. And nobody would know what the story was. And the hot chocolate got put in that cookbook. The which, hot chocolate, the famous hot chocolate yes, made it. But yes. you're fast-forwarding. Hey, I want okay, you to go back. So, Okay. Um, you you worked for Weber State, <laughs> yes, and then you went to work for for the Weber County Attorney's Office. What what did you do in the Weber County Attorney's so Office? So I was the director of the juvenile witness program, victim witness program. So when the uh, Victims' Right Act was packed in 90, 1985, that was to do victim impact statements and work with all the children who came into the juvenile system in the criminal system, and it was my opportunity to work with these cases and try and explain the legal system to them and what was going to happen to have them do the victim uh, impact statements and all of that. And so, beca- so wasn't Weber County and, and uh, what you were doing there kind of the first uh, juvenile justice system yes. in the state? Yes. CJC, it, right? Was yes. that what it's called? So what we were doing is when we started to do the interview process when I was there and because of the victim impact statement, we realized that we were needed to do it a different way, um, that the kids were being interviewed over and over seven times in different, different locations. So they really should have a one-stop shop. And about this same time, Greta Peterson, who was the wife of Chase Peterson, who was the president of the U- University of Utah, was serving on a child abuse case, and it went for two years. And after that, she was a good friend of Norm Bangader's, who was the governor at the time, and said, we need to do things differently. And so we heard what Greta Peterson was doing, and she was forming a task force. So we in Weber County became part of that task force to find a different way to interview children. And who was the county attorney at the time? Reed Richards. And so what what year do you think that was? That was in 1987. Like I say, the victim went maybe in 86. I'm I'm sorry, I'm not really good with dates. But um, so we all traveled. Reed had heard about a children's advocacy center in Alabama, and they kind of had a grandma's house. And it was kind of a one-stop shop for children to come to that had interview rooms conducive to their ages and reception areas that was conducive to coming into a center, not to be frightened and afraid. And so Greta was a very big champion of what we were trying to do. So we went back and we and loved what we saw. And they Reed said, 
I want to be the one that does the and, first one. And just tying in, Reed Richards was the county attorney, a Democrat county attorney yes. in Weber County, then yes. later went on to be the chief deputy uh, At the attorney. attorney, attorney general's office yes. under Jan Graham, yes. and then later ran uh, for attorney general against yes. uh, uh, Mark, Mark, Shirtliff. Mark Shirtliff. So now we've kind of connected all of those parts. Okay. So you, you started you started the first Children's yes. Justice Center yes. in uh, Weber County. Yes. Um, and at what point along the way did you decide, you know, I should I should run for county commission? Um, it was about at that time because we were looking, obviously, for funding and ways to educate the community with what we were doing because they had to be aware of the problem and be willing to be part of the solution. And the, the county commissioners were always willing to listen and always gave us good answers and reasons why at this time they couldn't. And who were the county commissioners at the time? I knew you were going to ask me that because I think it was, um, I know it was Robert Hunter. Um, I think Lowell Peterson. Peterson and it could be, have been Bill, Bill Bailey. Bailey. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. Uh, so they were all very gracious and it reminded me of when I was up at Weber State and we were trying to do the Utah Musical Theater. I had also gone to the county commission and they were very accommodating to listen to me, but I thought, oh, shoot, we can't get the funding. And so about that time, I thought, God, there's no women on the county commission. And not that that meant we were <laughs> much different, but I thought maybe a listening ear of what were my issues would be worth listening to. But it would have been, it would have been an open seat, right? It was so an open seat. was... Um Mm -hmm. On the Republican side, I think Bob Hunter, did he leave to go be the city manager of... Uh, yes, I think or, about that time. No. And didn't, and didn't wasn't he replaced by... Because you ran against Steve Dirks, right? Yeah. As a Democrat? Yeah, well, I was like, who was the open seat? Because... I think Bob went to become the city manager of right. Ogden. Yes, because and Steve Dirks we got appointed. To the commission, but there were two... So I was actually going to run against Dr. Robert Montgomery. Well, he so was in the primary. Yes. 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 So, okay, but let's. So, you it was a funding so, issue. You had been, you had been in uh, the county working for a number of years. You saw yes. that there was a need for, but, but you'd been very active in the community as well. I mean, you were yes junior league. Yes. Um, what else? Christmas Village. Um, under you know Joe Packham did all that, but the junior league took on doing the puppets in the park, and you know that was really fun and. Then I realized being down at the county attorney's office and everything, the issues with the Egyptian theater, and there was a body of people that had gathered together for years to fund the Egyptian because everything was being torn down in Ogden City, and breaking Ogden, my heart. Ogden City had, uh, I know this, this may come as a shock to many people who may listen to this, but Ogden City had a vibrant yes. uh, downtown business district Lots yes. of stores, actually some of the, the nicest uh, retail fashion stores in the state. Yes. Um, so I worked at L.R. Samuels. So I knew. those stores. What, what other stores were downtown? Wolfers, were? Fred M. Nye's, um, Bueller and Bingham, which was run by, I was a Bueller as well. And so Clyde Bueller had Bueller and Bingham's and Utah Tailoring Mills. And we had J.C. Penney's. We had W.T. Grant's. We and you had... had, and you had uh, Right in downtown was the headquarters of uh, First Security Bank, yes, yes. where Mariner Eccles' office yes. was located, yes. and it was uh, he was the first 
Federal Reserve Chairman in the yes. nation, and the yes. building actually in Washington, D.C. is named after Mariner Eccles. <sighs> so all of this downtown right. vibrance was being torn down. Right. And so I realized, too, the enthusiasm for living in Weber County and downtown Ogden was kind of drifting away as well. And so I wasn't really uh, familiar or a participant of the Republican or the Democratic Party. And so I kind of went into the whole thing blindly. And I thought, maybe I should give it a try to save the Egyptian, to bring enthusiasm to downtown, and kind of went into the whole thing blindly. I Very know, blind. I know it may be, I used to refer to you as a honeybee, that you would <laughs> fly around spreading honey everywhere, and you can completely... You complete, completely feel this and your enthusiasm even even now uh-huh. uh, talking about it. So that was what motivated you yes. to want to to want yes. to run for public office. So explain a little bit. Did you did you think the task was going to be daunting? I mean, no. Explain explain no. who the Democrat opponent would have been in November, and explain who the Republican opponent opponent was going to be in the primary for you. Okay. Well, why I thought it was going to be daunting was because of when I actually said to Reed and some other people, Joan, what are you thinking? You're not even involved politically with anything. What, or what are you understanding? And I went, well, I just think I should kind of take this opportunity. But I really didn't realize what the Republican party thought, well, who are you and what do you have to do? And, you know, you've got to have funding for this. So you hadn't, you hadn't been involved in the no. party process. You no. hadn't been, no. had you been a delegate? Had you ever no. gone to a caucus no. before? No. And you hadn't been to a convention before? No. I was worrying about children and Utah musical theater and raising money for other issues that were important to me around the county. And so but you just had this sense you could do it. I must have. But, and I had wonderful friends who said, well, let's, let, let's try it. Why don't we go for it? Then I realized when they were talking about the funding, and I didn't really realize the amount we were talking about. So I had to really, I thought, how am I going to raise this money? But then I thought, if I myself, my family, and my friends have said, yeah, go for it, I shouldn't have to ask anybody for money. I should, this is something I should do. I shouldn't expect somebody to do that for me. And so we really decided to do grassroots as far as plywood signs and spraying them with paint in the backyard and building, well, you know, the whole thing to try did, and save I did, money. I did love your first plywood sign. What, what was unique about your first plywood <laughs> oh, I sign? I just hate to even admit it because we misspelled commissioner. <laughs> And, and when so did you when did you discover that? I mean, you put up you put up a bunch yes, of them, right? Yes. And someone corrected us. Someone called you. Yes. And said you've misspelled commissioner on the sign. So uh, that was really giving me uh, really a big head start that I was capable and competent to be running for county commissioner. Definitely a political outsider. Definitely a political outsider, and it started to become more and more real as the process went on. And again, stalwart friends. And going door to door and trying to tell my message. And then they said, you're not even going to make it out of convention. And I'm like, what is 
convention and what do we have to do in convention so then we thought well we better get some t-shirts and say enthusiasm for weber county vote for joan so then and to put this to just to kind of orient <laughs> listeners at, at this time there was no sb 54 no. so it was just straight up the county convention yes and you had to yes. get i think at the time you had to get at least 30 yes. percent to get out of, yes. the, out yes. of the convention which nobody thought would be possible for me because at that time Robert Montgomery, who was just a great guy, he had raised $25,000, and I had raised $2,500. And he, and, and let's let's put the, he had moved back, he gr had grown up, yes. I believe, in Weber yes. County, yes. Yes. and he'd moved back from being a physician in, uh, in Cal Southern California, Orange yes. County. As a matter of fact, if you fly into the Orange County airport, uh, there is a giant John Wayne statue in the Orange <laughs> County Airport, and his name is on the the base of that as one of the oh. major donors for that statue. So, oh I my mean, gosh, you're talking about a, a a person of means, yes, and someone and running against the housewife, right? The housewife, and on now really on my favorite John Wayne statue. I had no idea, so I was against. <laughs> Somebody that was real. It's good like, you didn't know that. Okay, I so know that. you go to convention. Yeah. T-shirts. Did the T-shirts yeah. really say enthusiasm on them? Yes. Okay. All okay. Right. And uh, so then we decided to show that um, enthusiasm. The only thing we could think of would be pop popcorn. Have popcorn and popping for enthusiasm and popping up for Joan and doing all of this. And do you remember what? Do you remember what your percentage was coming out of the convention? I knew you were going to ask me that, but it had to be at least thirty percent, right? Yeah, yes. I think it even had to be more. And I just, but Spencer, I'm sorry. I can't remember what the percentage was. And but since, enough to get you out of the convention. Yes, I had to get um, enough. And to, so it was a primary with you and Bob Montgomery, Robert Montgomery. Yes, yes. Well, I was just going to mention, then another, you know, people had to really step up to the plate for me to come to convention. They had to go to their caucus meetings to hopefully get some delegates that we had to, the process we had to learn. And then be there for that convention and pop popcorn and fill up the bags and talk to people. And my wonderful Karen Bear Fairbanks, who just said, I, I want to help you with your nomination. And people really stepped up to the plate. Do you remember me. who nominated you? Do you remember who came up and nominated and seconded you? This well, is why really we're doing this podcast. So do you really want me to tell you about that? Yeah, I do. Okay. Well, now I don't know if I really should. <laughs> I want to hear it. This is great. <laughs> well, I can't mention the name of who was going to nominate me, who was going to. And then I had said to Karen, if you'll just do a second nomination. And then the person who was going to nominate me just felt like I wasn't strong enough. And he just yeah, he really appreciated it was. Okay. And he appreciated what I was doing. He hasn't doing. passed away, so we can't no, say his name. No, okay, no. Doggone it. No, he hasn't passed away. And... um the one who did nominate nominate me has passed away. <laughs> and, um, it was Paul Skeen, who was very, very popular and very strong. With the delegates. In the, mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And he nominated you. And so he stepped up to the plate and said, I want to nominate you. And I was very grateful for that. And he, we'd had kind of a history. And so that was very, very good that he stepped up to the plate. Karen said, well, listen, I'll nominate you and we'll just go find someone else. And... He said, no, I want to do this. And so that's what happened, and we came out of the convention victorious, but still knew we had a primary, and now what? What were we, what were we going to do now? And um, so we just moved forward. And, and there had never been a woman elected. So never this a woman. Was a, this was no. plowing was new Spencer, ground. I didn't know that. 
You didn't, when you ran, no, you didn't know no, that? No, I did not know it. I didn't really know a lot of the history about the whole commission and all of that. So I had no idea. Like I say, I was blind. I, I went into it very, very blindly and ignorant, really. I just so, so we're going to, this is going to be part one. We're going to have part okay. two. And part okay. two is going to be the general election and then okay. governing and the things okay. that went on then. Okay. But you're listening to Utah, the political project. And we'd like to thank our, our uh, producer, Connor Sorensen. This has been a production of the Political Underground Network. And you can like us and leave us a review wherever you listen and consume your podcasts. And uh, you can also find this podcast at thepoliticalunderground.com. 